December 28th will mark the 25th anniversary of Starcade 97, the culmination of a year-long build where Sting would finally step back in the ring to face Hollywood Hulk Hogan for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. The stage was set for a main event to become immortalized in wrestling history, and it did, but for all the wrong reasons. And for the first time in over 20 years, on that 25th anniversary, Eric Bischoff and Nick Patrick will reunite to watch back and discuss what really happened that night at the MCI Center in Washington, D.C., hosted by Conrad Thompson, a topic that led to one of the most heated exchanges in the history of 83 weeks. And now you're going to act like it's ludicrous that we might think that that's what happened here when you managed to f*** up the single biggest moment in the history of wrestling, and now, 20 years later, you get on here and lie through your f***ing teeth and say it's because he wasn't taken. I'm not lying through much, Chief. You finish over a pan? Is this real? Ad-Free Shows presents a premium watch-along event, The Fast Count, with Eric Bischoff and Nick Patrick, December 28th, 10 p.m. Eastern, immediately following AEW Dynamite. All $29 level members and higher are invited to join, and Top Guy members will be able to ask Eric and Nick questions about this controversial night in wrestling. No spray tan necessary. Sign up today and reserve your spot at adfreeshows.com. symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. This is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, it will be Ask Kurt Anything, where you, the fans, can ask me whatever you want. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How are you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I'm doing well. We are live and uh, recording here. It's the Friday before Christmas, and uh, I say that because this is our first ever Ask Kurt live recording that we're doing with our ad free show member family. So they're in here in the chat. They're watching us live. They're chatting comments, chatting back and forth with me in the chat. So I'm number one, pretty excited about that. Number two, you and I are going to, we had so many questions come in that we're going to do this in two parts. So ad free show guys, you're going to watch us, uh, with part one of ask her anything. And then we're going to do, uh, ask Kurt anything we're going to record after this for uh, the new year special, but I got to start Kurt, uh, with Christmas right on the horizon, man. And it is so freaking cold outside here in the Northeast in Pennsylvania. We're freezing. Uh, I saw on Twitter that your kids got some letters from Santa McClaws. So tell me, tell us about that. Santa McFoley. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He sent, uh, three of my children, uh, Christmas cards and, um, said he was really proud of them and they were really good this year so he's going to be stopping by our house during christmas <laughs> get so, out of here well santa's gonna be stopping oh by. yeah okay <laughs> i was gonna say the hardcore legend showing up that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> that's awesome man now that and i saw the letters and his the, the penmanship or the calligraphy oh, or 
he does a he does a stand up job. He does this every year for my family. That's so cool. My kids look forward to it. They absolutely love it. Thank you, Mick Foley. Thank you, Mick. Man, that that it was a stellar first class. Uh, I want to talk about something else with you, Kurt. Uh, I know we're in the Christmas season. We're excited, but we as a longtime Pittsburgh Steeler fans, there's a a lot going on this week. Uh, particularly the celebration on Christmas Eve. Uh, of the Immaculate Reception, the 50th anniversary, uh, and Franco Harris. And my goodness, dude, one of your heroes, just days before this big retiring his number, only two other Steelers' numbers have been officially retired, Ernie Staltner and Joe Green. He passes away, and I want you to spend a few minutes just kind of talking about the impact that Franco had. Well, Franco, I knew Franco really well. One of the nicest guys I've ever met in my whole entire life. I spent the whole week at the Super Bowl in 1997 with him. And he brought me to all the VIP parties and he was just a really good guy. You know, if you were, um, you know, if you were a stranger, he, he would welcome you and say, Hey, come join me. You can hang out with me. Uh, he was re- very welcoming, but, uh, what he did for the Steelers and for the Pittsburgh community is nothing short of amazing. Um, he was one of the greatest running backs of all time in the NFL and what he did in Pittsburgh for our communities, uh, charities, uh, all these different events for kids. Uh, Franco Harris is a, is a pillar in the Pittsburgh community. He will be one of the biggest legends to ever um, uh, be in the Pittsburgh area. He he is the most well-known athlete and celebrity that I've ever known. Franco Harris is the man. Man, it was just so shocking. I was so sad and I just had like grief. I've never met Franco, but longtime Steelers fans, everyone has seen that play over and over again. NFL Network is doing, uh, as we record this Friday, they're doing a special tonight. Uh, at nine o'clock, um, remembering the immaculate reception. And, uh, that's just part of, uh, you know, the Steelers history, NFL history. They'll be showing that play for the hundred year anniversary. Uh, but you're right. You always see what he's done in the community, the picture that you posted with him on social media and, uh, you know, his pictures there, the mural on Permani brothers and, you know, he's just everywhere. And to see, you know, the airport statue, uh, as you come in Pittsburgh, and uh, to hear that he, he just passes away just days before this huge celebration and his number being retired, just a sad situation, but I'm sure, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers are going to do everything they can to really honor him. And man, just what a, what a life and what a, what a legend, as you said. Well, you know what? He, he was part of the most famous play of all time, the Immaculate Reception, but nobody uh, could have been a better example of the person that should have made that play than Franco Harris. What he was been able to do in football, uh, you know, he was leading the league in rushing almost every year that he played, um, you know, uh, and he's he's just he's a guy that kept himself clean and out of trouble. Yeah, and was a great pillar in the community, and for a guy uh, to to be known as having the famous catch in the history of pro football, I'm glad it was Franco Harris because he deserves that. There you go. Well, listen, we took some time, wanted to honor him a little bit today. Kurt and I, again, as I said, both Steeler fans and Kurt, big time Franco fan and has gotten to meet him several times and work with him with charity work. So I wanted to make sure we talked about that a little bit on today's show. Uh, But you guys had so many questions and Kurt, what we decided you and I talked, I think you're going to get a little break next week, a little vacay and which is much deserved you and the family as you head into the new year. And so we decided, Hey, we're, we got so many questions. We're going to split this up. And the Ask Kurt Part 1 and Ask Kurt Part 2 uh, for this week's episode and next week's episode. So we're going to jump into it. We're going to take our time. Kurt, take your time. We're going to have some fun answering these questions. And I want to thank you all 
for sending the questions in, whether it was on ad-free shows, on Patreon, whether it was social media, Twitter. We collected as many as we can, and I can assure you that over the next two weeks, the next two shows, we're going to get to every single one of them, including some questions that we didn't get to from the October show, and that's how we're going to kick off today's. And the first one is from RJ, and he says, Kurt, who in your mind has the best wrestling mind currently and in the past? So if you had to come up with somebody that you think, man, they just had a mind for the business and like any other, who would that be? Who's the first person pops into your mind? For me personally, Triple H. Um, he's always had it. He's not just from a wrestling standpoint, but from a creative standpoint, from a psychology standpoint, from a promo standpoint. Um, Triple H is uh, one guy that is so well-educated. He loves pro wrestling like like it's his wife. Okay. (laughs) He cherishes it and he's really good at it. He has a great mind for it. In the past, I would say somebody like Hulk Hogan, who was able to um, bring the fans in uh, at a time where wrestling was uh, not so hot, but you know, Hulkamania, you know, actually made wrestling so much bigger. And uh, he has a great mind for the business as well. Uh, You know, uh, I worked with Hulk Hogan and, uh, he definitely is uh, well educated with the wrestling aspect. Sure. And you got it. What I love about, you know, Triple H, they call him the cerebral assassin, but he, and you've heard Jim Ross say a student of the game, but he is. He watched all the old Crockett, you know, the Jim Crockett Memorial promotion. Right, yeah. He watched it all. So when he do when they do vignettes or promo packages, they're honoring the U.S. championship. They go back and show from when the early days, and it doesn't necessarily always have to be the WWE stuff. It's when they were the NWA. And I love that he gives, you know, a nod to the actual entire wrestling business and just not the WWE product. So that's yeah, great. He doesn't ignore the other products. That's right. right. That's right. All right, let's move on. Ross Smith is up next and he says, if you could go back in time and wrestle anyone in pro wrestling ring at the prime of your career, who would you want to wrestle with? Wish I could have seen you and Owen Hart go one-on-one. So that dream match, who would it be? Oh, without a doubt. No question. Um, Owen Hart would have been great, but I did wrestle him. Um, I know that uh, this fan in particular wanted to see that match. Unfortunately, it was a dark match, and I don't even think uh, they recorded it, which is unfortunate. But um, And I did that right before, five days before Owen passed away. Uh, I was his last match before he actually passed away, uh, the week before at SmackDown. But um, I would say his brother, Bret Hart. <laughs> I've always wanted to wrestle Brett since I started in my career. Um, I know Brett always wanted to wrestle me. I think that that would have been one of the greatest matches of all time. Definitely Bret Hart. Bret Hart. That's no surprise to me, Kurt. We've talked about it countless times on this show before. So I had a feeling that's where you were going. Uh, we'll move on. Goodman Housen is up next. He said there were attempts made to save TNA by bringing in the man you mentioned earlier, Hulk Hogan. Uh, then they brought in Bischoff and a lot of their other friends in 2009 and 2010. Who do you feel like could have been a big enough star and a positive backstage influence that may have saved TNA at the time? Well, we tried. We tried with Hulk Hogan. We tried with Eric Bischoff. We tried with me. Um, you know, and I'm not going to lie to you. We had a pretty good run when I first came in. Um, but I don't know. That, that question's really hard to answer because. TNA did survive. They struggled and, you know, we had some ups and downs. We had some good years and not so good years, but I think the whole aspect is it wasn't somebody they needed to save them. 
It was they needed more money. They needed to invest more into the company. And I don't think they were making enough money to continue to pay these particular people like Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, you know, uh, guys that they were bringing in, uh, big names that would uh, help promote the business. Um, so you have these guys, the greatest of all time, get involved in the business, and it still didn't really work. So I don't know if it's a person as much as it is money. I think you nailed it. As I sit here, I'm like, would it have mattered at that point what other talent they brought in? It could, because you could have pulled anybody off the shelf, but if they didn't have distribution and advertising and, like you said, the money to take it up a notch in terms of overall production and let's get out of the impact zone more frequently and get on tour and you got to have that, right? Yeah, you have to travel. You have to go city to city. It's no offense, but if you want to grow the company, that's how you do it. All right, there you go. Mike Zimmelman is up next, and he said, have you gotten to visit Penn State and guest coach with the wrestling program for a day? I'm sure Kale Sanderson would welcome the opportunity. I would love to. I have not tried it yet, but Kale Sanderson's doing a stand-up job. I think they've won like six of the last seven NCAA championships. Uh, Penn State is the team right now in the whole country, the top team. They continue to be, and I would love to. Um, you know, maybe uh, – Sometime this year, I, I definitely am planning on going to the NCAA tournament uh, this this year, uh, this upcoming 2023 in the spring. So at least I'll get to see Penn State uh, perform or compete in person. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to go up to State College. Uh, I, I would do it if Kel wanted me to, but um, I, we haven't really talked at all or, uh, or kept in touch. So uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. But at the NCAAs, I will see them perform. There you go. Hey, well, you never know. Never say never. 2023, you never know what opportunities and maybe uh, social media. You guys on the ad-free show chats, Josh, Brian, Eddie, come on, Zoll. Put it out there and let's uh, see what happens and see if uh, Kale maybe extends our Olympic hero the opportunity to come out. That'd be a lot of fun, man. Uh, we'll keep going. Tommy Von Muttenfudge. Yes, that's, that's real. <laughs> he said, will you ever work with AEW? Will you show up in Impact Wrestling? Want to work with Sting again? All right, let's start with the first one. Will you ever work with AEW, Kurt? I honestly, um, you know, I talked to Tony a couple of times and, you know, I dabbled and, you know, threw some numbers at him that were astronomical uh, just to see if he would bite. Uh, but Tony's a good guy. Uh, he was a big fan of mine. He, I was the one he told me that he wanted in his company because he felt he, I was one of his favorite wrestlers. I guess he was a huge wrestling fan growing up. And um, so I was considering it. But now I have such a solid relationship with the WWE. Yeah. I have a nostalgia contract with them. I do a lot of programming on TV with WWE. So I don't think it's going to happen, uh, unfortunately. But but I'm happy where I am. WWE, um, you know, I, I look back and I know I left the WWE in 2006 and came back in 2017. Uh, I don't regret that because I had a great career in TNA, but a little small part of me says, I wish I would have stayed. I can't imagine what my career would have been like if I would have continued on for another 11 years in the WWE. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just happy, uh, to be where I am right now. Part of me is like, man, could you imagine some of the matches Kurt could have continued to have with some of the talent in WWE? But then the other part of me, Kurt is like, but my God, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles and Kurt sting you know some of the you because you had classics with some great guys that are now stars and other promotions so 
I would have never gotten the rest of those guys because yeah. I would have retired by the time, the time they came to WWE. So you're absolutely right. I don't regret it all. I got to wrestle Sting. Yeah. I got to wrestle, you know, Kevin Nash. I got to wrestle, uh, you know, even Jay Lethal. I love Jay's incredible wrestler. I, I really love Jay, but a lot of these guys I got to wrestle, I was very fortunate. Yeah. So, you know, you, you look at what you could have done, but then you look at what you did do. And, you know, maybe it wasn't on the stage of the WWE, but some of the talent you got to mix it up with, I mean, legendary feuds and some of the greatest matches that a lot of people talk about. Uh, he says, do you ever want to work with sting again? I'm sure you'd love to work with sting again. If oh, the opportunity was right. Listen, sting is such a, a delight to work with. Anybody would want to work with sting again. <laughs> That's just the way he is. He's such an amazing athlete and he's ageless. I mean, this guy's still going. He's still going strong. Uh, he hasn't uh, uh, um, he hasn't slowed up at all. It's pretty amazing. I mean, I'm not going to tell you his age, but it's astronomical. How good, how good? Not his age. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say it's astronomical how old he is. Astronomical how good he's. Still <laughs> That's <age>. fantastic. <laughs> Oh man, that's so good. It, it is. It's incredible. And I think he's a perfect example of knowing his limitations and, uh, and they put him in a position where he can still look good and do things that yeah. you, you don't know even what? think about. I'll give you an example. You know, 15 years ago, he was diving head first over the top rope and, yeah. you know, jumping, landing on uh, wrestlers, uh, six feet below. He's not going to do that now because he does know his limitations. He wrestles smart and, and it makes him look, uh, like he's still in his prime. Yeah, he only dives off of banisters for pay-per-views every once in a while. So you know, he saves them. Oh, how it shows no TV, just yeah, just save it for the big time moments. It's awesome. All right, this is a different question, dude. This is not uh pro wrestling related, it's not Olympics related, it's not who would you wrestle in your prime or when are you coming to wrestle for AEW? Trav Medway wants to know Ronaldo or Messi, Nadal or Federer. Okay, so <laughs> I love you wiping your eyes. Ronaldo. So let's go to the first one. Ronaldo or Messi? Okay. I'm not a big soccer fan, but I do, you know, I followed the World Cup. Uh, it was pretty amazing to see um, France make it to the finals against Argentina. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, Ronaldo or Messi? I would say 20 years ago, Ronaldo. Today, I would say Messi. So, oh, you win on both sides. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Ronaldo was a huge name back in the early 2000s. I mean, oh, I, absolutely. I'm not sure. Is he still is he still competing now? Buddy, soccer, no. that is, I I am if he is, he's ageless. I mean, yeah, he's, right. He's sting. Astronomical. Yeah. Astronomical age. <laughs> but no, I, I would say today Messi. And you know why I know that? Because my son Joseph plays soccer. He uh, here and he loves Messi. He told me he's the man. There you go. All right. What about Nadal or Federer? Okay, I was a huge Roger Federer fan all, all growing up, just not growing up, but, you know, throughout my life. But um, Nadal won me over, uh, especially the past few years, the ways, way he has dominated. So I have turned into a Nadal fan, even though Roger Federer is from the United States. Nadal isn't, but um, I love Nadal. All right. There you go. Good stuff. Mark is up next and he says, hello, Mr. Angle. How was it appearing on TV again this year, both raw and SmackDown, both in your hometown of Pittsburgh. Also, there are some big episodes coming up. Will we see you back on WWE TV anytime soon? So let's start with the first question because, 
Uh, you know, is there anything maybe that you didn't get to share with us last week about your, your time that you got to spend on SmackDown? I know that you got to see Chad Gable and Otis. Uh, was there anything fun that maybe happened and, and talk about your time there? You know what? It was so much fun because at these two events, you know, my kids never got to see me perform and, um, my younger kids, Juliana, Sophia, and Nicoletta, and, um, uh, having them come there and watch me. Uh, spray someone down with milk. <laughs> you know, they're like, dad, is this wrestling? <laughs> I said, kind of yes and no. <laughs> but um, have my kids there was so cool. I mean, you know, they, they know their dad did something great, uh, you know, with the Olympics. They kind of understand it, but for the most part, they don't. But being there, they're like, wow, my dad is actually, a, you know, a big WWE superstar and uh, seeing their eyes glow like they did that night was just awesome. Both both shows, Raw and SmackDown. Um, the, the, the Raw episode, I actually brought Sophia to the back with me when we got done wrestling because Sophia is my little buddy that I do all the uh, social videos with. Yeah, stuff. yeah. But uh, the next time, I uh, I just went over and kissed all of them and hugged them. And uh, I threw out some gold medals, little gold medals to all the fans. <laughs> I was giving, I want to start selling them. So the WB is going to make merchandise of gold medals for me. And uh, so I was handing them out to the fans just to start that little escapade. Dude, you know, your kids are going to talk about that to their kids. They do to this day. I mean, every day they were like, dad, it was so cool to see you out there. And uh, are you ever going to do it again? And I said, I don't know. And, th and that'll answer the second question. I don't know. Um, you know, they're, they're, they might call me, they might not, uh, you know, someday they might want me to do a manager role. Uh, they might want me to make a special guest appearance at an anniversary show. It just depends. So, um, they haven't told me anything yet, but you know, I have such a good relationship with triple H and the WWE that, um, I wouldn't doubt if they're going to utilize me again. And that's the key, having that good open relationship with them. They obviously love you. I mean, come on, look at the ratings that SmackDown did. It was so astronomical. That's our word of the day here. Uh, <laughs> in terms of uh, ratings, you crushed it with your birthday celebration. So I would not be surprised to see them pick up the phone and that 412 area code go off one more time and say, Kurt, we could use you again. But man, I, you know, back to my point earlier, your kids, yes, they're talking about it now, but when they're adults, and when they have kids, they're going to be like, I remember when your granddad, when, when grandpappy Kurt had us all out there, they took us backstage and look at him spraying milk, dude. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. You know what I'm going to have to do? What? When they have kids. I'm going to have to go out and do it again. <laughs> they're going to wheel you down in a wheelchair with a hose. They probably will. <laughs> My kids wheel me down. I like to, I'd like to, I mean, you're just going to have the pop pop voice. It's going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> ah, so good. All right. So keep your eyes peeled. Kurt angle, baby. He's the ratings machine. Not the, that's hey, that should be a t-shirt for our show. Ratings machine, Kurt angle. All I right. The wrestling machine, the ratings machine, the ratings machine. I like it. Uh, Dominic, if you're listening, get it on the, let's get it on the store. Speaking of the store, pal, we got some new designs up this week. I saw man. They're pretty cool. Steel <laughs> yeah. city, steel city designs. Oh, I love it. Go city angle. Yeah. yeah. Steel city angle angle show. So, uh, check it out. Some sweatshirts, especially for this sweater. Good God. We want to pause this episode of the Kurt Angle Show to tell you about something Kurt and I are super passionate about, and that's great seafood and steaks. 
Yes, you heard me right. You know I love food. Kurt likes food when he's not dieting, and he does have his cheat meals. But you're not going to get a better meal than at Jimmy'sFamousSeafood.com. If you're a fan of the wrestling podcast, you've heard Conrad talk about it and many of the other wrestlers. Their pictures are hanging up all over the wall in Jimmy's Famous Seafood. And right now, we have a deal for you. You can take advantage of it this holiday season, whether it's for Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, or college football playoffs are here. NFL football playoffs are here, the Super Bowl, your favorite Rumble event, whatever it may be, Jimmy's Famous is going to be a hit at your party. So listen, free two-day nationwide shipping on orders over $125. All you got to do is use the promo code ANGLE. That's it. Promo code ANGLE, and you can take advantage of that free two-day nationwide shipping. Now, it excludes steam crabs and fresh items, but listen what you can choose from. I'm talking Maryland crab cakes, soups and chowders, oysters, signature steaks. They have so many different items. I'm talking barbecue spare ribs, wings, crab dip, and the sleeper item, their crab cake egg rolls. You haven't had anything that good. I'm telling you, I love it. I get it every time I go there. They have packages that you can buy. They have their famous gift box. That includes four of the world's best colossal Maryland crab cakes, crab soups, crab dip, seafood seasoning, the whole nine yards. They have a tailgate bundle that includes those wings and ribs I talked about, plus that crab cake mix. They've been featured on diners, drive-ins, and dives, beat Bobby Flay, and so much more. And there's a reason for that. They've been in business for 40 years. It's a fantastic company. It's a fantastic place to eat. And they're going to bring it to your doorstep, freezing cold, ready to go, for you to make some fantastic food and be the hero at your next party. Take advantage of it now. Jimmy's famous seafood.com promo code angle. Albert, you're up next pal. And uh, he says from promos to wrestling, who are your top three wrestlers that could have made it in any generation? So you think about the total package promos and wrestling top three people could have made it any time. You know what? I, I'm going to throw it out there, but I, I would say Stone Cold Steve Austin, without a doubt, could have made it any generation. I think The Rock, too. Uh, mm. The Rock was the most entertaining guy I've ever experienced in the, in the business. Um, there's a reason why he's a huge Hollywood star right now. But I also have to give John Cena a lot of credit. Uh, what he's been able to do for the last 20 years is pretty cool. Um, he, he could definitely make it in any era. I love it. Three great picks. Obviously, lots of charisma and can get it done in the ring. Bryant Haremza, by the way, in the chat says he just pictured the milk truck pulling Kurt's wheelchair out when your pop-up <laughs> angle. So I had to share that with you. Oh, so good. Uh, three great guys. Um, people may challenge you a little bit on the John Cena as far as wrestling goes, but you've been in the ring with John Cena for a long okay. time. And John was not a great athlete. He was a good athlete. He wasn't a great athlete, but he was a good worker. He knew how to work in the ring. He was safe and, uh, he was polished with the, with the pro wrestling technique. Uh, so was John an incredible athlete? No, not by any means, but he got the job done and he was a great worker, a great in-ring general. Uh, he led all of his wrestlers, uh, had a lot of experience and, and, uh, knew the business in, in and out. He, he was really intelligent. Before we move on, Zol Lopez in the chat thinks next time you come down the aisle, you should throw out chicken snacks instead of gold medals. <laughs> that might be my next thing. I, I got to sell those chicken snacks. Might as well bring them to the show. Talk about promotional. Throw them out in the locker room. Throw them out in the crowd. Just throw them everywhere. Bring a big old Santa bag full of chicken snacks, dude. 
<laughs> Patrick Milner says, I'm curious to know if there was any plan for Kurt to headline WrestleMania 17 as the WWF champion, or was it always meant to be the rock versus Austin as the main event? Unfortunately, they had plans of the rock versus Austin that whole entire year. And what they did is, um, the rock won the title the year before, and they had me beat the rock so I could have a title reign for about six months, get myself over. And then rock would win it back from me at, um, no way out the month before WrestleMania. And, uh, so that was all done. It was all pre-planned. I got a good run, a six month run. It made me a big star. Rock and Austin ended up main event in WrestleMania for the world title. And um, unfortunately, I didn't get the main event WrestleMania, uh, which I, you know, at, at one point, I, I actually believed that I would. Uh, I didn't know about The Rock in Austin that were going to main event WrestleMania. The company never told me, but once he, The Rock beat me in No Way Out, they told me this was planned the whole time. So, uh, you know, it, it, put it this way, Rock versus Austin, you can't get any bigger than that for the main event of WrestleMania. So I understand why they did. It. All right, Kurt. Next up is Dan. And he says, when you and Austin were injured in 2001 and did the famous skits with Vince McMahon, how much of it was improv? It seemed you and Stone Cold were always corpsing and struggling not to break character. Jimmy Crackhorn still gets me to this day. <laughs> you know what? Uh, him and I got injured at um, King of the Ring that year. Uh, I, I hurt my back and Austin hurt his back. And I think I told this story before on the show. Uh, Vince McMahon was concerned. He's like, oh, gosh, my two top stars are going to be injured. They're going to be out with injuries sitting at home. You know what? I'm going to keep these guys on the show, and I'm going to have them do pre-tapes together. We're going to do some funny stuff. So uh, Vince planned that out, and um, Stone Cold and I, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of fun doing it. And the crazy thing is, up until then, I didn't know how to ad lib. Because when I was in WWE, they would write me my scripts for my promos and I would read it word for word. And uh, I, I, uh, I didn't know how to add lib, So I learned it that way. That's, that's how they started me, by memorizing my scripts and, and memorizing it word for word and saying it word for word. So I didn't know how to improvise. And during these pre-tapes, Vince and Steve were like, listen, we're not going to tell you exactly what to say. You just have to feel it. And uh, he said, I'm going to bring up a topic. And then Stone Cold, you chime in. Then Kurt, you chime in. And then we'll finish up the pre-tape. So it was all ad lib, but it taught me how to ad lib, which was pretty mm -hmm. cool. I never did that before. Uh, and I knew that eventually I would have to. And I did it. And and thank God, you know, Stone Cold and Vince were very patient with me. And uh, we, we were able to do incredible promos or pre-tapes. And it was so damn funny. A lot of times Stone Cold and I would laugh before they, before Vince would yell cut and the whole pre-tape would be ruined because <laughs> we were breaking character so much that Vince got upset and said, listen, you guys, if you guys laugh again before I yell cut, you're getting fined $2,000 every time you laugh. So we stopped laughing pretty quickly. <laughs> Yeah, that's enough to shut anybody up once you think $2,000. That's not chump change. Her, her laugh, and we were laughing like the whole day. <laughs> Dude, I love to hear you tell the story, though, because you've shared about your photographic mind and, and how that it's always served you, but how you realize I got to evolve uh, in this. I got to be willing, you know, because you think about it with interviews, maybe guest appearances. You've been on, you know, Jay Leno before, you've done talk shows. That's not all scripted. And so you want to try to be entertaining and be able to, you know, off the cuff stuff. So. You, you have to go off the cuff. You have to have live. You have to know how to do that to be in the business. 
All right, Poppy Seed's up next. And he says, hi, Kurt, love the podcast. What would be your dream car to own if money was no object? <laughs> hey, thank God I'm not a car guy. Cause if I were, uh, it'd be more expensive than my house, <laughs> but I, I'm going to say a DeLorean because they're the most expensive cars in the world. And they, look, they look like a spaceship. I love them. Uh, Back to the future is my favorite movie because of that car. Dude, there's a, uh, there was a show on a uh, million dollar wheels and I got sucked into it. It was on TNT. It's on discovery plus that by the way. And I watched it. So if you want to go back and watch it, but man, I got sucked into it and you ought to see some of the rides on that car. Uh, the, the kind of makes where they Lamborghini Urus is the one that got my attention. That's their SUV. Ferrari's coming out with an SUV now too. And I heard Corvette's coming out. I know they're not as high end as those guys in 2025, but these uh, high end you know, cars are starting to realize that the SUV market is saving their brand. Porsche has come out and said that their Cayenne has saved their brand, the SUV, oh, but uh million dollar wheels. Oh, I mean, are they a million dollars for these? They're SUVs? not million dollars. That's the name of the show, but the, the you can get a Urus for 300,000. Isn't that false advertisement? I know. Right. <laughs> Probably by the time they trip them out. I mean, they do all kinds of custom work to them before they give them the Kim Kardashian and the, and you know, some of those other people. Add all the amenities and then oh yeah, just do a million. The yeah. lighting, all the special stuff they add, the TV screens and all that stuff. Yeah, the reclinable seats in the back. The, it's uh, it's incredible. So Kurt's going with the DeLorean. He wants to go back in time, and uh, I love it. All right, Roderick Strong fan is up next. When you were in TNA, did you want to have another match with Roderick Strong? <laughs> um. Sure. I mean, listen, Roderick was good. He was very talented. There's a reason why he was in WWE. I think he still is. Uh, I think NXT, right? Roderick, yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, yeah. He's a very talented individual. I got to wrestle him in uh, WWE, I think during the Kurt Angle challenge. And uh, I would have loved to wrestle him in TNA, but unfortunately I didn't. I didn't even know he was there uh, when I was there. I, I don't remember that or recall that. So I'm not sure uh, if I was... Uh, <laughs> If I lost my mind, at that <laughs> you were too busy. It was probably 2012 when you were just losing every match. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Eric Bischoff. <laughs> you tried to block all that out. So there you go. But, uh, no, Roderick strong. Hey, solid hand, solid, good, great performer. Really on the team, uh, ring of honor. It did a lot there. Uh, and, uh, Hey, I would love to, who wouldn't love to see a Kurt angle in his prime against Roderick strong match. Yeah. Roderick's great. Uh, he he's really solid. Definitely. All right, let's continue on. We got Matthew R. He said, would you ever take a backstage role in WWE creative? Um, perhaps, uh, you know, not right now. Uh, right now my focus is my family. Uh, I spent so much time away from them that I love actually spending time with them. We're literally going on three vacations this year. That's, that's how much time I'm spending with my family. And, um, so I, 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 no, I, 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 what was the question, Paul? Just about, uh, taking a backstage role in WWE creative. Yeah. Um, not right now. I mean, maybe later, uh, you know, I, listen, to be honest with you, I'm really good in the ring. I can teach technique. I can teach, uh, psychology. I'm not that creative at making storylines and, uh, drawing out stories and stuff like that. Um, it was never my forte, uh, but, but what I could do is take a, a script and cut a damn good promo. Um, 
there's a big difference in creating it and doing it. And uh, I was better at doing it than creating it. And, uh, and listen, and that's, that's how it works. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. There's guys that teach technique and how to wrestle. There's guys that do the creative piece of it. And so that makes total sense to me. And I think you got a little off track cause you started thinking about all those fun family vacations. So nobody <laughs> blames you for that. Uh, if you could have any band or musician do your intro music, who would you have chosen and what would be your song? <laughs> you're going to, you're going to, you're going to laugh so hard. Oh no. <laughs> I, I went to his concert one night and, uh, and I was in awe the whole time. He was like, so freakish and crazy. Uh, and the song is called crazy train by, uh, <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne. No, I'm not going to laugh. That's awesome. I was mesmerized when I saw him sing that song. And, uh, you know, this is, a he actually, um, he actually, uh, bit the head off of a bat too. <laughs> <laughs> that was always the big thing in the eighties. That the story we all heard. Yeah. And, uh, I loved watching him perform and he's one of my favorite musicians and I even watched his reality show. I mean, oh, yeah. I fell in love with the guy. Um, you know, his wife was hilarious too, but, um, yeah, Ozzy Osbourne, crazy train. That would be my song. Dude. He's still putting albums out. I think WWE just used one right. of his songs for their most recent pay-per-view that they yes, did. They did. Yes, Survivor they did. series or whatever. He still Josh. makes music, man. Yeah, Josh Henney wanted you to use Jimmy Crack Corn as your uh, theme. Good <laughs> uh, for me. That would have been fun. Oh, good stuff. Uh, all right, let's continue to go here. We have Christopher Harris who says, "One more match at WrestleMania. Who's your opponent?" Oh man. Well, I'm not that stupid, so I'm gonna make sure it's a young guy because I'm a little bit older. I lost a little bit of a step and. Uh, I would have to say someone like AJ Styles or um, Ricochet. I really like that kid. I think I would have an incredible match with him. Um, one of the bigger guys, Braun Strowman. I would love to wrestle with Braun. He is so uh, athletic for his size. He reminds me a lot of Brock Lesnar uh, with his athleticism. He's not as athletic as Brock. He's pretty close. But uh, those guys, I think, would carry me pretty well through that. There you go. All right. Brad Esther, I guess that's how we pronounce it. He says, were you and Steve Austin pulling to have your 2001 SummerSlam match as the main event? This is easily one of, if not my favorite matches from both of you. That was my favorite match with Stone Cold. And I'm not sure if it was the main event, but we're always pulling to be the main event, <laughs> especially if you're Stone Cold Steve Austin and even Kurt Angle. Um, so I'm not sure if we were the main event, I believe we weren't because the match was a DQ. There was no winner. So I think they wanted to have the other world title match on last. So I believe we weren't main event, but we were always pitching to be the main event. Yes, of course. Oh, absolutely. KLS hiker, huge fan. I'm from the UK. So I wanted to know your opinion on a man. I know you faced at revolution pro. What's your view on Zach Sabre jr. That kid blew my mind. Um, one of the most talented wrestlers I ever got in the ring with, uh, you know what? He He's not a big kid. He's probably 185, 190 pounds, incredibly athletic. He a uh, really good worker in ring worker too. Um, I had a lot of fun wrestling with that kid and I had a really, really good match with him. And, and the crowd was incredible. I mean, there had to have been probably seven, 8,000 fans there. This was an indie show and, uh, it was in the UK and Zach Sabre jr. Uh, 
I am really surprised that he is not in the WWE right now. Um, I don't know where he is right now, but I really believe that if WWE would have been able to, uh, if he would have been exposed to WWE, I believe they would have picked him up in a millisecond. Uh, I'm not sure why they haven't yet. Uh, I know he's pretty well known now, especially the indie circuit and other wrestling uh, promotions. So I'm not sure why WWE hasn't picked him up yet. Well, you got Triple H uh, running the ship, so it could be just a matter of time. You know what I mean? If he he becomes available. Uh, Keen is up next, and he says, you and Edge had a great series of matches. Which one was your favorite? That's tough because Edge and I had some great matches, and uh, all of them were incredible. Um, Edge Edge was really versatile. Uh, I always enjoyed working with him, but I'd have to say the hair versus hair match was my favorite, Uh, not because I got my head shaved. But I just think that uh, that was our best match. And uh, it was at King of the Ring. Um, uh, I believe it was King of the Ring. No, no, it was at the pay-per-view after King of the Ring. It uh, doesn't matter which pay-per-view yeah. it was. Uh, but Edge and I had a great match, hair versus hair match. I would say that was my favorite. Uh, and, and you know what? And it gave you your your signature look the rest of your life. So, <laughs> All dead. Mr. Clean. All right, we, we continue on, and uh, let's see what we have from Endo Man. He said, are there too many titles in wrestling today? No, no, there's not. You, you have to have titles for every level, opening card level, mid-card level, main event level. You have to have titles to make wrestlers. They have to be wrestling for something. And when you're an opening card guy, you're not going to wrestle in the main event for the world title. You need some titles to win, like the Europe, European title, uh, hardcore title would be an opening card type of, uh, title, uh, mid card title would be like us world cha- us championship or the intercontinental championship. And then you go up to the main event and you got the tag team championships and the world championships. So every level has to have titles because you have to make these wrestlers and they have to go, they have to eventually go to the next level. And what's going to cause them to go to the next level winning these titles. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's such an influx of talent right now in wrestling. You see everybody that's signed on their, whether it's AEW, Ring of Honor, NXT, WWE, and some of these people can get lost in the shuffle. And it's kind of nice to have a title here and there. Now you don't want to oversaturate the market, should I say, or the industry, but to have some guys that have something to fight for when they're not necessarily ever going to always be fighting for the world title. Without a doubt. That's exactly why you need them. Yep. All right. Let's keep it going. Bill. Our old buddy Bill checks in and he says, Kurt, who is in your Mount Rushmore for ring announcers? <laughs> oh, that's tough, man. Um, I'm going to say, oh, JR is number one. Uh, I love JR. Um, I also like Jerry Lawler because uh, he was hilarious. Uh, but there, there are two others I really enjoyed. One, uh, one is not doing so well right now. His name's Don West from TNA. Yes, yes. Uh, I believe he has. Uh, I believe he has cancer. Yeah, he does. Uh, you know, he's he's not doing really well. My prayers go out to him. I know. I heard that he's not even. Uh, he doesn't really even know who he is anymore, which oh, is really no. sad. I, I love Don and Mike Tanay was a great announcer too. That was his partner in TNA. So those four were my favorite, and it's because I was around them. You know, that's right. Years. And, uh, they're, they're the ones that I clung to, man. Uh, thank you for sharing that. The professor, Mike Tanay, Mike Tanay did it in WCW for a few years before going to TNA. And, uh, but yeah, you're right. Those are the guys that were the, uh, you know, soundtrack for the Kurt Angle's career for his prime. So it's 
great to hear that. Uh, Jeff Beers is up next. Dude, was it Rad Wrestling Raven? <laughs> I think I only wrestled him once. I will tell you this. Raven was really talented. Uh, he was able to make a name for himself in ECW and WCW. I'm not really happy with how WWE treated him. Uh, I thought they could have done a lot more with him, especially his intriguing character. You know, he's kind of a loner. You know, I love the fact that he would sit down in the corner of the ring before the match made him different. Yeah. And, uh, I just think that WWE could have done a lot more with him. All right. All glory to God is up next. And he says, what's some of your favorite gear to wear while performing? My favorite gear of all time was my WrestleMania outfit where I wore, I believe it was WrestleMania 20. Oh, WrestleMania 20. I think we'll just say uh, one of the WrestleManias. One of the WrestleManias. Okay. <laughs> it was a camouflage singlet. I loved it. It was red, white, blue, and gold. And I took it home, uh, after, uh, the lady, the costume lady, y Yolanda made it for me. She did an incredible job. And, uh, I took it home, uh, after I wrestled at WrestleMania and, uh, I put it in the washer and then I dried it by accident. Oh, no. I'm supposed to dry it. So the gold, it was red, white, and blue, uh, camouflage, all different, you know, different colors. And then there was gold in there, but the gold turned to pink. So my, my singlet, after I washed it and dried it, it ended up being red, white, blue, and pink. Oh, and I, I still loved it. It was still my favorite singlet. Now I gave that to a charity. I would love to track that thing down someday. Um, I gave all my stuff away, which is unfortunate for my kids, but I felt that, you know, hall of fames and charities, they should probably have these, uh, certain outfits and gear, uh, and, and, you know, they're, they're going to last forever there, you know, whether a chair, you know, fan that buys it from a charity to make money sure. from charity, or, you know, hall of fame will be posted in their, in their, um, you know, when they display everything. So I felt that it was more important for them to have it. Hey guys, Eric Bischoff here, and just want to call a quick timeout. I want to tell your listeners about what I've been telling everybody at over at 83 Weeks for quite a while now, about all the cool things that are happening over at adfreeshows.com. We get a peek behind the curtain on an all-new edition of The Insiders, as Conrad sits down with former WWE writer and current Impact producer, Jimmy Jacobs. You start to realize that you're one weird interaction with events away from being in the doghouse or being fired. Wow. And then you just start to behave in a way to try to not get fired. And then your ideas become ideas in an effort to not get fired. And pretty soon you have a whole bunch of people that are playing to not lose. Want to pick the brain of the Podfather? We just celebrated episode 50 of Ask Conrad, our Q&A mailbag series where Conrad answers your questions. So to me, Solo kind of has the Arn Anderson syndrome right now, where Arn was as good of a wrestler as anybody on the card, but because he's standing next to Ric Flair, he's just not going to get that opportunity. And even if he did, I think fans would say, oh yeah, I love Arn, but why isn't Rick here? Uh, and it feels a little bit like shake and bake in the old Talladega Nights. And I understand the Will Ferrell character was winning all the time, but what if the other fellow won? What if Mr. John C. Riley won? And I think that's kind of the solo circumstance. If you're looking for interactive experiences, ad-free shows members can now take part in the live tapings of the podcast and are now part of the show. Eric Jones, Josh Henney, Nathan, Mitchell, Coach Rosie, 
RJ. Amy's here. She came to the Testicle Festival. That's awesome. We get like one or two women, you know, every once in a while, and I just love it when we do. Um, thank you all for doing this with us. This is kind of fun. Amy Vaughn's here. Hey, Amy! This is fun. I dig this. This is a different kind of energy. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, you're, you're performing for a crowd now. It's not just me anymore. That's just a small taste of what we've got waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself why ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. All right, so I have Andy Dunn's question, and then I have five questions from the chat. We'll go rapid fire, Kurt, and then I know we're going to put a bow on this because we're going to then record you and I episode two of this part one and part two and we got to get you out of here because you got to go apparently there's some christmas stuff that you have to do with the family and you're going on vacation so we're going to do this quick andy dunn who was your favorite opponent opponent and moment in wwe favorite opponent opponent and moment you've talked about the moment the milk truck favorite opponent favorite opponent was chris benoit i've said this a million times i, I really loved working with him i felt like i was working against my twin um he was so intense matched my intensity he matched my technique. Uh, he was versatile. Uh, he was able to counter my submissions and, and counter with other submissions. Uh, we just had incredible chemistry together. And uh, Chris was the best wrestler I ever got in the ring with. All right, let's do some rapid fire from the chat. Ryan Purvis, uh, guys, I've already uh, logged these too, so well, we're going to knock these out. Ryan Purvis. So I'm wondering if Kurt still follows collegiate wrestling. If so, is he aware of Greg Kirk Vliet? Kirk Vliet, I've heard of him. Um, okay. I know, uh, oh, what school does he go to? Does, does he have a, does he, he doesn't he, have that on here. I'll look it up while you ter- uh, talk about him, but do you follow, uh, collegiate wrestling at all? Yes, I do. Uh, not as closely uh, to know every single name, uh, out there, but, um, um, I've heard of Von Cleet, um, Penn state, Penn state. Penn Kirk state. Vliet. Yeah. He, uh, he's gonna, he's, he's actually part of the best team in the nation. I yeah. mean, uh, those guys are, you know, they're winning national titles right now. And I believe, uh, I'm not sure if he's from Pennsylvania, uh, if he's a PA kid, uh, you know, he's going to be a stud. Then. <laughs> well, there you go. Cause all the PA boys are from, Pen- are yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. Uh, I know he, they're expecting great things out of him and he's already done great things in his career. So I think that he's going to be a numerous national champion. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, Purvis Ryan did let us know he is from Penn state. Zoll says who was more intense in the ring, Brock Lesnar or Benoit? Benoit. Benoit was the most intense wrestler I've ever been in the ring with. Now Brock was more athletic, uh, for a 320 pound guy, uh, nobody more athletic than Brock and, and nobody stronger than Brock pound for pound. He's the strongest wrestler I've ever been in the ring with. He would literally make me fly across the ring with a belly to belly suplex. I mean, this guy would launch you and you, you wouldn't touch the ground for 10 seconds. I mean, he was explosive. I, I never, I never experienced that with anybody in the Olympics or in professional wrestling that was ex- as explosive as Brock Lesnar, but mm. uh, Chris Benoit was more intense. Josh wants to know, Josh Henney says, wonder who Kurt would never wrestle again. that's a fun one (laughs) i am not wrestling that person again have you ever thought that in your mind and would you admit it on the show if you did (laughs) well um one person i would never wrestle period would be vince mcmahon (laughs) well that's for sure 
<laughs> but no, I, I've never uh, regretted wrestling anybody, even if it was a bad match. I, I'm just too nice to, to say you're such a nice guy. You're such a teddy bear, Kurt Angle. <laughs> I tried. Oh, we tried. We tried, guys. That was fun. Uh, th- uh, this is wrestling film. Uh, I think this is our buddy Martin. He says, "Any chance of next year a Christmas advertisement being made to promote ad-free shows with Kurt catching Santa drinking his milk and then Kurt making Santa tap out? That would be kind of fun. What do you think? We need to do that, man. Yeah, That's- forget about. Uh, we'll just do it. You could do it on your own. We need this fan to direct it too. <laughs> I could be Santa. I could put on. You know, I don't even have to wear a fat suit. Just throw a beard well, and wait." If, if you're going to be sad at them, angle slamming you and putting you in the <laughs> He's going to beat the shit out of me. Thanks, Martin. A few Germans, too. A few Germans. Oh, my God. Uh, Brian Haremza wanted to let us know. He said, I've seen one of Kurt's slinglets at the Dan Gable Hall of Fame in Waterloo. Yeah, yeah. That, Like I said, I, I put him in Hall of Fames. I felt that it was better for them to be there uh, so fans could see them and appreciate them. And you know what? For me, it keeps my legacy alive. Being that my singlet being in the Hall of Fames. Yeah. People remember me and what my accomplishments were. Yeah. And Eddie Prather said, you know, why use Paul? You got Mick, Mick Foley for Santa. So there you go. Yeah, He's, right, right. I forgot all about that. How could I forget it? Well, listen, Kurt, before we uh, jump out of here for part one, we're going to have a lot of fun with part two. So make sure you come back next week as we ring in the new year finishing up all the questions that you guys had. Uh, But remember, you can check out all Kurt's past top impact moments at impactwrestling.com forward slash packages and use promo code Kurt. Guys, that's going to get you a a break there when you log in for the pay-per-view for for that application, should I say. And you can check out everything from Kurt's history. Uh, So really, do, do us a favor, do Kurt a favor, and check it out and use that promo code Kurt. And remember, you can get early ad free access to more than a dozen of your favorite wrestling podcast starting at $9 over on adfreeshows.com. You can sit into shows just like this. You can talk to Eddie and Josh and Zoll and Martin and all these folks right here. Domino Chris. Thank you. Yeah. They're like, he's like, thanks for doing this fellas. Hey, Domino Chris, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Eddie guys for joining us. But this is where you get the exclusive access to be a part of the show. You get Eric, Eric fires back title chase conversations with Conrad Kyoto's mailbag, which is a massive hit. Mike Kyoto's hilarious all over at adfreeshows.com. And then you can follow everything Kurt angle, including that new steel city angle merchandise, go to anglepodlinks.com. That's the one link you need that's going to take you to our social media, our YouTube channel, and all the merchandise. And let's really uh, plan to support Kurt this year through the YouTube channel. We're going to try to go for 100,000 subscribers in 2023. We're going to try to get there. I think we will. Yep, youtube.com forward slash the angle pod. But before we head out for the Christmas season and this Christmas holiday, Kurt wants to remind you about physicallyfit.com because, hell, we're all going to need to get fit after uh, after what we eat at Christmas, uh, Kurt. We got chicken snacks and snack smart crispy protein bites. One's chicken protein, one's organic plant protein. You can get them at physicallyfit.com. There are 11 different flavors. You're going to absolutely love them. There's one that's cinnamon swirl, one's barbecue, um, sweet barbecue. We have honey mustard. We have a bunch of different great flavors. You can use the the code ANGLEPOD to get 20% off your first order. But if you go on the website and you sign up to be a member for life, you'll get uh, the product off 20% off for life. So go to physicallyfit.com to order yours. I promise you, you're going to absolutely love them. 
Dude, this is great. We got people in the chat that are right now going to chickensnacks.com. They've just gone to the YouTube channel and liked and subscribed on our YouTube page. This is fantastic, man. It's stuff's happening right here live. Go to KurtAnglebrand.com too, guys, because listen, that's where you can get all of these wonderful milk uh, cartons. You can get his little cowboy hat photos, but also the cameo videos. Kurt, I know you have fun putting those together. Yeah, we got T-shirts, birthday cards, milk cartons, cowboy hats. It's a lot of fun. Go there, shop uh, on the site, uh, KurtAnglebrand.com. Get whatever you want, and I'll send it to you. Once you order it, I'll send it to you. It'll be at your house in no time. There you go. Guys, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you, all Ad Free Show uh, folks, for joining us for this exclusive live Ask Kurt Anything Part 1. We're going to be back next week for Ask Kurt Anything Part 2. On behalf of your Olympic gold medalist, your Olympic hero, he is just the best wrestler of all time, Kurt Angle, even though he wants to beat me up when I dress up as Santa Claus. This is Paul Bromwell. We'll see you right here next week on The Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.